Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful Jewels podcast. So glad you've turned it on today. And I'm so grateful for another soulful story with one of my very best friends, Christina Koenig. Used to be Christina Kalt, but she just got married. We were we got married three months from each other. We grew up dancing together on high school dance team, competitive dance team. And she's really my person when I, if you've been listening to the podcast, My first podcast from Broken to Golden is actually Tina's, my friend, who shared that story with me when I was struggling. And then my Starfish Story podcast, Tina's my friend I'm talking about who shared the Starfish Story with me. So whenever I'm going through anything really amazing or fears or anxiety, she's who I call and she's just a wealth of knowledge. She has been through a lot and is very, very wise and I just always value her advice and her thoughts so so much and her story today is really beautiful I love how vulnerable she is and just really allowing she's here to help people and she's sharing her journey through anxiety and obsessive compulsive behavior and thoughts and I really really believe this is going to help people today so I'm so glad you've tuned in. All right, welcome Christina, but we know her as Tina, to the show. Thank you, it's great to be here. So T, could you share, I really just want you to share your story. Like you've kind of shared your journey with anxiety and Mm -hmm. everything with me. And I know like overall we're talking about OCD, so maybe like you could preface by saying what that is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, well, hi, everyone. I'm Christina. You can call me whatever. I have, like, 10 million names. But um, this is my story um, about anxiety, how it started, and now what I know to be as OCD. Um, I haven't been medically diagnosed with it, but my therapist told me that I have a lot of symptoms of it. So, um, And it, even though that's, like, a hard topic to talk about, Um, it actually brought a lot of freedom into my life and made sense of everything. So obsessive compulsive disorder is characterized by unreasonable thoughts and fears, obsessions, that lead to compulsive behaviors. And usually when people think of obsessive compulsive disorder, they think of somebody that washes their hands a million times a day or has to make sure everything is organized in a certain way or like a neat freak or something but I kind of, I have it in a different way and it would be my intrusive thoughts not necessarily my behaviors outwardly so um, I'll just give you a background where it all started um, I am one of seven kids I grew up um, in a seemingly perfect family to me. I thought it was perfect, and I'm really happy that my parents protected me um, from a lot as a kid, and it felt very like a fairy tale, um, almost like a perfect upbringing, um, all the way up until I was in middle school. And that's when my parents, they'd been married almost 30 years, they started having some problems that I started noticing more, maybe because I was just older. And... um, uh, anytime they'd have like a little argument or something like that, which is so normal for even a perfectly married couple, um, I would talk to my mom and I'd say, mom, are you going to get a divorce or something like that? And my mom didn't promise much as a, as when I was a kid, because she didn't want to break a promise. So my mom told me, Christy, 
I don't promise anything, but if I can promise you one thing, it's that you will never have to worry about that. We will never get divorced. And so I always had that peace. I'm like, at the end of the day, no matter what, my parents will never get divorced and they still have that amazing marriage. Well, when I was in eighth grade, I was around 14, it was the end of eighth grade year. Um, my parents pulled me aside, or all of us, one by one aside, and um, told me that they were separating. I know you remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it really just broke me inside because it was like that stable, seemingly perfect upbringing home was just all crumbling down. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked at my parents, like I think everyone looks at their parents, which is um, on this pedestal of like, you're perfect. Oh, you, you're a super, yeah, superhero. You're my superstar. You're a princess, Um, everything. And I just couldn't believe this was happening. I'm like, this has got to be a joke. Like, I cannot believe that. I never thought this would happen to me, my family. Like, come on, you know, and I, and now I look back on it through therapy now, we'll get into that in a little bit, um, and that was when that, when it all started, was that, is because when your anxiety my, anxi- my anxiety started, um, my OCD, my obsessive compulsive thinking started when I realized I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't trust my parents anymore because the people who promised me something let me down, and that's how I felt. So I went into high school and um, just knew normal. I felt anxiety, um, but that was just normal. A lot of kids feel that way. Um, and I remember the end of my ninth grade year, uh, we went to the dance nationals like in Connecticut. And I remember um, this is when my first OCD thought came. I remember we were um, at nationals and this one, I was convincing myself of something about myself that was and it wasn't true and I couldn't get my mind off of it and I remember it just was weighing heavy on me that whole week and I just wasn't myself and I got in the car with my mom and we're on the way home after nationals and she's like are you okay Christy and I'm like yeah I'm fine you know and I'm trying not to like cry and she's like no what's what's wrong and I was just bawling and I couldn't even get the words I'm like mom I think I'm this you know and it was something that just wasn't even wouldn't have been a thought it was something very absurd and um my mom said no you're not even if you were I'd love you no matter what but um let me tell you a story and she said it's the fear that this is true that makes you think it's true you're afraid that this could be true not that it actually is true and she told me this story Um, my mom when she had her fourth kid she almost um, died during child labor with my brother and it set off this postpartum depression and she started having these OCD thoughts and I'm sure there's some people maybe that have had kids listening to this they can um, relate to that and she said after every kid, because there's seven of us, she knew after every kid, after every birth, that that postpartum was going to come. And um, she gave me this example. So when my sister was a baby, my mom saw on the news somewhere that um, I think like this person like threw their baby out a window on purpose and something's like so crazy. You know, the news always shows the scariest stories. My mom thought, oh, that's crazy. And then her, you know, OCD postpartum was like, 
what if you want to do that Mm -hmm. what if what if you do that don't pick up your baby you want to do that and Mm -hmm. it was telling her over and over again in her brain she literally did not want to pick up my sister in the crib because she was afraid that her body would do something that she knows she would never do she's like I cannot even pick up my baby right now what if I throw out the window what if I whatever and she told me that story and it freed me because I she said do you I'm not a murderer I'm not somebody that would do that to my child what it was is the fear the fear that I would do that that convinced me it's whatever the most absurd thing at the time is and people with anxiety or OCD or even just OCD tendencies um, they tend to do that it's whatever the most absurd thing is or whatever's on your mind at the moment and if it wasn't that it'd be something else so then that's when that pattern started for me I knew it was obsessive compulsive thoughts but I didn't go as far as like OCD I didn't think oh I couldn't have that you know so I mean I could name a million different things but another example is like when I was in college I was at a party and I remember I had my drink and some girl there that was friends with my friend was like hey can I try that and I said of course yeah she took a sip of it and then I and then I took it back and I took a sip and then the next day I thought oh my gosh what if she has a disease and I let her drink my drink and now I'm gonna have it what if I break out in all these things and I need to go get tested and even if I get the test back and it says I don't have anything that one person I could have it and then and then I thought even forward like it was crazy it literally ruined my day for months thinking I would have a disease just because I shared a a drink with somebody let them have a sip of something I remember I think I even called you about it <laughs> and you just laughed and I'm like it would kind of help that you laughed because I was like yeah this is ridiculous this is crazy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um anyway so could name a million other things um but uh later into college actually no it was right after college I started going to therapy and that's when I started realizing things of like root causes so it wasn't a snap of the fingers oh, this is OCD and this is what's caused it. But I started going to therapy and figuring other things out. But I didn't, I still had this habit of obsessive, compulsive, intrusive thoughts. And, okay, so another one would be my marriage. So I am married. We need to have Tina real quick, not to interrupt, but on the show to tell her story of marriage because it's a really powerful (laughs) story. But they're beautiful. Oh, I would love to tell that story. (laughs) Yep. It's pretty crazy. But so I love my husband. He is so honorable. He loves God. He loves me. He's great. And one of the fears that came up in my marriage, and even before I was married, like just dating him, is the fear of betrayal. And it first started out in that he would betray me. Like, I got that in my mind that although, like, he is the most amazing man, he's honorable, honest, everything, what if in the future he betrays me? And it became crippling, like, this whole what if thing. And I, and then it evolved, right? Um, It evolved into me betraying him. What if I could do that? And it got so, so crippling. I, I mean, I literally, like, it's like I couldn't, um, sometimes I'd come home and I just, I would have this pit in my stomach of betrayal when nothing had even happened. It's like I'm feeling the feelings of betrayal when nothing even happened. I mean, there is this one time, so this is an example. Um, we were out, it was my husband, his brother, we were at a bar and we were just having fun. And I remember me and my 
husband were going to get a drink at the bar and I remember reaching back and touching his leg but I didn't like see me see his face when I touched his leg it was just kind of like oh I love my husband just showing affection and and then I uh later thought well what if that wasn't his leg like that's so absurd right mm-hmm. I go what if that wasn't his leg and you touched somebody else's leg and he didn't say anything and he thinks you're a betrayer and you or maybe you wanted to and you betrayed him it's like and then I pulled my husband aside. I'm like wait I touched your leg right like 30 minutes later he was like yeah I'm he's like, like what are you even talking I know about? <laughs> and I'm like he's like yeah and I'm like okay good I just wanted to make sure I didn't touch anyone else's leg by accident he's like well even if you did you didn't mean to yeah and I'm like Okay, and then, I mean, I could even say even crazier things that I've thought before, but that's just one example. And you've heard him. I've told you about him. Yeah. And same with him, with him betraying me. Um, and I remember I I had that intense fear that I would betray him or he did betray me or maybe I haven't. Oh, you wouldn't remember it. Or maybe he had and he wouldn't remember it or something like that, something absurd, right? And I remember praying to God and I, and I reached out to my therapist and I said, if you have any cancellations this week, please let me know. And I prayed to God. I'm like, God, please, like, take this feeling away from me. Give me the truth. Like, it feels like I had or something mm-hmm. with no no evidence to ever even think that. I would never want that. And um, the next day, my therapist reached out to me and said, hey, it was like 5, 10 p.m. And he's like, I have a cancellation at 6 p.m. Do you want it? And I said, yes. So... I um, got on the call, it was a Zoom call, and I talked to my therapist, and I'm crying, and I'm telling him all these fears I had, like, what if I could do that, blah, 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 like, what if he could do that to me, and my therapist knows everything about me, my family, everything, so he stopped me, and he said, people who have OCD convince themselves of something that is not true, and that's what this is. And I just felt this relief, like, <sighs> okay, exhale. I didn't betray him. Mm-hmm. He, I won't. Mm-hmm. He won't betray me. But he's like, but there's a deeper issue here. It's not just this fear. It's where is this coming from? And we we took some time, but we traced it back, and it all traces back to my parents, and they're so amazing. No parent is perfect, but this is what happened: is that what I said in the beginning of the podcast, which is. You'll never have to worry. I promise we'll never get divorced. Here's the seemingly perfect person or people, my mom and my dad, who are everything to me and still are, and saying, I promise, and that promise was broken. They're so good. How could I trust anything that's good now? Mm-hmm. How could I trust myself? I used to think, I would think I'm I'm good, right? Like, I'm a good person, like when I'm in high school, and then OCD is like, no, you're not you have a disease. You're this. You're a betrayer. Mm-hmm. You're this. Or or it's protecting myself saying that person is, this person is, or, and it's just this horrible cycle. And while I was in that um, therapy session, I remember my husband was cooking downstairs and uh, the fire alarm went off because the, the veggies were burning in the oven. I thought, this is so annoying. Like, I'm like, babe, do you need help? I'm like, I'm so sorry to my therapist. I'll be right back. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, this is right in the middle of my therapy session. And I'm like, no, this is God. Because this is what happened is I came back and my therapist said, like your fire alarm that just went off. Why did it go off? 
And I said, oh, well, the veggies are burning and it had smoke. And he's like, oh, so the house isn't burning down, you mean? I said, no, just the veggies. He's like, but the same alarm would have went off if the house was burning down. Meaning that's what OCD is, is it's that fear, that alarm that, hey, danger, danger, fire, fire. In your brain, that same feeling, that same alarm is going off even if it's a minuscule problem. So you feel like the world's crashing down. You feel like you did something. You feel like someone's going to do something to you, but it's not true. But it literally, because of your brain chemistry, it feels like it. And, and it's this horrible cycle. Anyway, um, so we talked about it and he said, well, I have good news for you. There's this book and I highly recommend it, even if you just struggle with um, anxiety, not OCD, or you just want to read it for somebody you may know of, okay? It's called Brain Lock. And it gives you this four-step self-treatment method to combating your OCD. And um, so I guess I'll just go into the four steps that help yes, me. Yes, and I'm going to put the book and the, a link to it in the show notes so you guys can just look in the description and it'll be here. There. Yes, four steps. Give it to us. Okay, so there's four steps into combating OCD or obsessive compulsive thinking. It's relabeling, step one reattributing step two, refocusing step three, and revaluing step four. Labeling. So relabeling is calling it what it is. It's not true. This is OCD. So um, there's a bunch of examples in the book. I mean, there's somebody in there that, and this is what really freed me is hearing other people's absurd thoughts. If you've had an absurd thought out there and it's not gone down your brain, I guarantee you either I've had it. I've had them too. <laughs> or somebody Welcome out the there. Club. Welcome to being human and having I weird thoughts. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Welcome to being a human being. Yep. And especially if you have anxiety on top of that, then it just is like a recipe for disaster. I feel that. There's one person in the book that uh, had this obsessive fear of running over somebody. And it sounds kind of like funny, like why would they ever think that? But it felt so real for this person. So I they either saw a movie or maybe on the news, kind of like my mom did with the baby throwing. They uh, saw somebody, um, like a hit and run, basically killing another person on the road, not, a, not hitting a car, hitting a person. So this person, would go over a speed bump or hit a pothole or something and hear like a little thud in their car and think, oh my gosh, should I just run over somebody? And then, you know, there there goes the OCD, right? So they keep obsessing on this. Oh my gosh, I got to make sure. And they would literally go around multiple times to make sure there was no one dead on the road that they killed. This one person would literally go home after going through a couple times to check that they didn't hit anybody, would go home, call the police station, see if there was any accidents or any, um, if anybody had murdered somebody with their car on the road where they were driving back from work. It got to the point where they couldn't even drive anymore. And so anyway, hearing that, I was like, wow, okay, other people go through this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it could be anything. It's whatever you are most afraid of at that time. So how do you relabel it? Like, what would you say to yourself to relate? You say, this is OCD. Yep. You stop it in its tracks. You start getting that fear. (gasps) What if I betray? Or what if I have a disease? And you start thinking, oh, I do already. And you stop it. You stop it right there. And you say, this is OCD. If you have to do it 10 million times, do it 10 million times. This is OCD. Okay? Mm -hmm. Call it what it is. It's not real. This is... And then you think... Well, why do I have this? 
Okay, so you relabel it, name it what it is. Second step is you reattribute it. And that's the why. Why am I feeling this way? For me, remember, it was going back to my parents' divorce. And mm-hmm. that caused an anxiety disorder within me. And um, then I had this chemical imbalance in my brain. It's literally, it goes into the book. I don't know all the medical terms. I'm not a medical doctor or anything (laughs) like that or a psychologist. But it goes into the terms about how your brain reacts to this stuff. And um, it's like the fight or flight mode in your brain. The fire alarm mode in your brain is going off as if something really happened. Okay, the fear. And so you say to yourself, you reattribute it. This is OCD, relabel, reattribute it. The reason I'm feeling like this is my brain is giving off the signal that this is happening, okay? After that, you refocus. You can relabel and reattribute all you want, um, but... You can't keep obsessing Exactly. You can't keep feeding it, and it's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for somebody who washes their hands a million times a day because that's their OCD, they have to refocus. Let me go on a run. Let me do this. For me, it's asking questions in my brain and and I just, I focus. That's my behavior is the asking questions in my brain and rationalizing that kind of stuff. That's my behavior. So what I have to do is I need to refocus on something else, typically something you enjoy. Is it working out? Is it calling your best friend? Is it calling your mom? Or for me, I'm a teacher and I'm like, well, These papers aren't going to grade themselves. I don't care what fear receptor is going off in my brain. I have to get this done. And if I give it like 15 minutes, it's not as strong. The sting isn't as bad. So you refocus. And then the last step is revaluing. Revaluing. And really what that means is devaluing it. It's like um, not giving it so much power. And that's really hard because it feels like a huge deal. I know. It's really hard. My husband knows too. I go through these thoughts and he like, he helps me go through these four steps and calms me down. It's like, this is your OCD or this is your anxiety and kick it to the curb. Like you are not welcome here. This Mm -hmm. is not true. Mm -hmm. I'm a good person and this, whatever this is, and my husband's a good man, whatever this OCD is, see you later. Devalue it. Um, and the more throw you it out. throw it out, put it in the bin, yep, <laughs> set it on fire, burn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't want it in here. And the book goes through it way more in it. Yeah. And it shows even, I know you can see this, but they can't, but the brain scans of people who have gone through the four steps. Um, I would also say medicine does help for some people. I'm, I know I'm on medicine and, um, it really just gave me the glasses to see it didn't do the work for me. But my, my vision was blurry, right? And the medicine, you know, takes the sting away a little bit. But I still have to do the work. And that's really where it comes from. And then slowly, you might stay on it forever. Maybe you need it. That's okay. That's, got, you know, use your resources, right? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes because of this behavior therapy, people usually dial back on it. And they'll mm-hmm. say that in the book too. But not meaning you have to because some people really do need it. Um, yeah. And one thing I love that you're saying too, and I think my podcast so far, I've been talking about it a lot. Like in podcast two, we talk about the good wolf versus the bad wolf, oh, wolf yeah. not letting the bad wolf win, like devaluing, not letting these thoughts win. And obviously it's hard and it's a process mm-hmm. and I've seen you like working on it and right. such. 
Um, But labeling the thoughts as not true, not real. And I love that even today at church, Pastor Josh Surratt, he was like, here we say, put horns on it. Like, put horns on it. I love that. Like, that's the devil trying to attack, like really labeling it, you know? Exactly. And one thing I even think that was big for me, because I've struggled with these same thoughts that Tina has struggled with before. Mm -hmm. And I remember initially thinking, something's wrong with me. Like yeah. something is wrong with me. Like, why am I thinking this is so crazy? And then I called Tina and she was like, oh, I know exactly what this is. <laughs> this I struggled familiar. with the same. And it was just so freeing. Like what we, what we said before, it's just knowing that these obsessive thoughts exist, that it's very human, right? And part of being human is like, we all have stuff we go through. And that's why I like such a big supporter of therapy. It's so great to have someone that has gone, has an education in this, is a professional and can really help you figure it out. Like help you go back to your childhood, help you understand this. Cause I think once we start to understand it, once we're able to label it, that's when we're free. Exactly. The truth sets you free. It's saying when I heard like OCD, um, and I wasn't medically diagnosed with it, but, um, my therapist told me I had it and I truly believe it. And I thought, wow, this makes sense. It takes the power out of it, meaning, oh, you mean they're not true, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I can breathe. This isn't me. It's it's my brain. Yes, it's my brain. It's my and trauma. In- it's, it's I'm a human, and mm-hmm. yeah. And in the show notes, I'm going to – put Tina's info so you guys can message her. She goes to a great Christian therapist, but if you're not Christian, you don't have to talk about Christian things. Yeah, he takes anybody. If you want to know who I see and I can recommend you, he does Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. I would not, I would not be who I am. I would be, I don't even know. I literally don't even know what I'd be like. (laughs) Without his help. Yeah, and so if you are interested, even if you're not a Christian, he doesn't have to talk about God with you. He can can know that and um, help you. And or even want to talk to Tina, you you can message her on Instagram. She has a million more crazy thoughts that she can probably say me too, too. Yeah. And I also know a lot of local therapists that I'll put in the show Mm -hmm. notes, too, of great people that um, can help you. And I know we just covered this, but just to say, too, before the show, I was asking Tina, what would you say to people struggling with this? And she said, the, get this book, get this book, yes. read about it, learn about it, go to therapy. It's so helpful. And just like Tina said before, go to a doctor. You could see a psychiatrist. If you think medicine could be useful for you, consult with your doctor on that. Right, definitely. And I just want to add to close the show on this note. Um, if you, Even though the root cause of this was my parents' divorce, I love my parents, and even though we went through that, I don't judge them. I know they're human. They did the best they could, and if you're a divorced parent listening or a child of divorce, give yourself so much grace and know that God can make anything beautiful. He can restore anything to something of greater beauty than even if this hadn't happened before or at all. I was praying to God, thinking, why me? Why do I have to go through this, God? This is so painful. And I just really felt God saying, this isn't about you. This is about me. 
this is my story and I want you to tell it to help other people just like that starfish story this just helps one person and helps them realize I'm human and I have human thoughts and fears and everything I'm normal and um, you can be freed from this it's it is possible oh Tina yeah you're gonna have many many starfish <laughs> from this so thank you so much for sharing this with everyone Tina and guys if this message clicks with you or frees you message me message tina let us know i'm so grateful yes. for you and i know i just want to say that takes courage to share your story to share what you've been through to share out loud these stories mm -hmm. of these fears with people mm -hmm. so just thank you so much for being brave and just sharing god's God's story too yeah. with everything so of course i love you and love i'm you excited too. to hear what people say Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. Yes, bye. Be free. Bye.